Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Tasty Tidbits Podcast. Get ready to receive rich, well-seasoned, and tasteful tidbits to transform your life. Each week, Dr. Tiffany comes to you with inspirational encouragement and thought-provoking interviews to help you revolutionize your walk with God. Are you hungry for more of His presence? Then get ready. And now, your host, pastor, author, and motivational speaker, Dr. Tiffany Watkins. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Tasty Tidbits. I am your host, Dr. Tiffany Watkins, and I'm so excited to have you here again on another exciting episode. Today, I'm excited to have a guest with me today, and her name is Diana Winkler, and we're going to talk about some issues that uh, I believe that is really prevalent and often not talked about, and so I'm excited to get into it with Diana, but I want to tell you a little bit about Diana before we go in. Diana, she is a singer, a songwriter. She's a speaker and she's also an abuse advocate. Uh, she served as a missionary, planning churches for over 13 years. Wow, that's awesome. And while enduring abuse that was enabled by the church 10 years ago, she started her ministry, DSW Ministries. She uses her music to help survivors in the church heal from domestic violence, abuse, and trauma. She is also the host of the Wounds of the Faithful podcast and is a certified facilitator for Mending the Soul Small Group. Diana is passionate about helping her victims discover that not only can you survive, but you can be victorious. So thank you again, Diana, for being on today. How are you today? I'm great, Tiffany. Thanks for having me today. I mean, tasty tidbits. I mean, who wouldn't (laughs) want to be part of that? Exciting. (laughs) Yes, yes. So I'm just so glad to have you today. So tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself. Well, as you were saying, I was a a missionary's wife for 13 years and planted churches. And I was also being abused, not only by my husband, but the church that I was doing the church planting for. And I thought I was the only one that was experiencing this. It it took a long time for me to figure out that I was being abused, first of all. And then I thought I was the only one uh, missionary wife that was serving God and had to hide the fact that I was being abused behind the scenes. And yeah, 13 years later, I decided to get out (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so we you know today we're we're talking about healing from abuse. And you've you just shared with us a little bit that you've experienced the marital abuse. Um and I know that listeners around have experienced abuse. So probably when I first started my podcast, that's what I began to talk about um different relationships and those that have experienced abuse and I myself being um not um, emotionally abused or physically abused, but sexually abused within the church. And so I had some issues where I dealt with that, but could mm-hmm. you briefly share with us when your abuse began and a little bit about your story with that, with the audience? Absolutely. Now I was not uh, raised by an abusive family. I had a good family that loved me, although they're not perfect. Uh, 
I had a loving family. My abuse didn't start until I started dating my now ex-husband. We met at church after I sang a solo. And there were definitely some red flags when we were dating and warning signs. But, you know, I kind of brushed them off as if they were normal. Mm-hmm. And we got married during my my Bible college, my senior year. And Danny came from a really good family. So it was a big shock when the marriage became abusive almost immediately after the wedding. Mm-hmm. And we were in full-time ministry after I graduated from college, planting churches across the country. We We decided to do stateside. But he was a different person in church than he was at home. And if you know Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, that's pretty much what his personality was like. At the time, uh, I didn't know what a narcissist was. (laughs) I didn't know what gaslighting was. (laughs) I experienced it. I didn't even realize that I had been being abused. Now, he never hit me, so that's that's the key point is that he never hit me, but he did every other kind of abuse. He was verbally abusive, disrespectful, controlling, manipulative, proud, and, and angry, mm-hmm. and he would have these mood swings every day, sometimes humiliating me in public. And I never knew it was going to set off his rage. And, you know, it was always over petty things. Mm -hmm. And he would say, I was the one that made him act this way. The language he would use toward me would make a sailor blush. Mm. And I was told to shut up and submit whenever I would question his bad decisions. Every day I walked on eggshells to avoid getting him upset. And one of the dark times in our marriage was he tried to commit suicide in front of me Mm. because he couldn't have another piece of pie. Oh, wow. He would would accuse me of having affairs with everyone from the aerobics instructor to the choir director. I was tracked when I left the house, Mm. you know. We had a lack of emotional or physical intimacy in our relationship. And he would use sex as a weapon against me. You often hear that as, you know, women using it against a man, but it was opposite in our house. I was kept in the dark about, you know, family finances. We were on the verge of bankruptcy. And he was never supportive of my music ministry either. I mean, that's how we met. And I was really good at putting on a Christian face in public, but I was miserable. And I was a dutiful wife for the first seven years trying to make lemonade out of lemons, but things would get worse and worse. And only my closest friends knew what I was going through. I'd see three of them. Mm -hmm. And people ask me, why didn't you leave him sooner? But the legalistic church denomination that I came from doesn't allow divorce for any reason. 
The mm-hmm. worst people are treated like outcasts, not allowed to fully serve in the church. And I even dragged my husband to three different counselors in order to get some help. And you know what the pastors would tell me? They would say, if I would only submit to my husband, then we wouldn't have any marriage problems. Wow. Wow. <laughs> you know, any counselor that had any real solutions he would, you know, fold his arms and not participate in the sessions. So at that point, I felt really trapped and alone and bitter. I'm being honest here. Mm-hmm, <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I wanted to take my marriage vow seriously, but I'd pretty much given up about oh, about the eighth year of our marriage. Mm-hmm. And we were barely roommates, much less marriage partners. And... You know, I was resentful and bitter with him and the church and and with God. I mean, I stopped praying because I didn't think I was listening. Mm-hmm. I stopped doing my Bible reading. I stopped, um, you know, praying. I continued to wear my mask and serve in the church on the outside. But, you know, inside, I was dying. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, I sank into a deep depression And I felt like no one was going to help me out of this prison. So our 13th anniversary came and it was a disaster. The next day I woke up so depressed and I thought, I can't live another year like this. There's, there's no way. And one of my friends said something to me that I would never forget. I had to get out of that house and God's not going to stop loving me no matter what happens, Mm -hmm. even if I leave my abusive husband. And, you know, I realized that she was right. Mm -hmm. I cried out to God that day and I said, "I, I can't live like this anymore. And I'm willing to take whatever consequences that would come as a result of of leaving my husband. But I had to get out before it destroyed me. So hmm. Yeah. Um, and you said that. And, and one thing that I think is very important to realize is that um, just because it wasn't physical, physical abuse, it was emotional abuse and emotional abuse can be sometimes worse than physical abuse. They're both horrible, mm-hmm. but the emotional bu- abuse, it takes time. It's like it's over a period of time where there's a breaking down of the individual that takes place and make you second guess yourself, make you wonder, you know, if I could have done something different, you know, maybe if, like you said, and you had the advice, well, you know, maybe if I submit, what am I not doing to submit? Mm -hmm. Um, And, and just basically, you know, because it takes two in a relationship, it doesn't just take one person to make it work. It takes both people. And so when the other one is constantly blaming the other individual, like you said before, you know, he was constantly um, bringing the blame on you. So for you to be in that situation, and I hear people say, well, what make you stay so long? And because nobody wants a divorce, when you get married, you know, the majority of the people, if they get married, they're getting married because they want to be in this relationship for the long haul, because we're supposed to love one another. We're supposed to build the kingdom of God together if you're a Christian. But like you said, everybody does not have that same mindset. They don't have that same agenda and oftentimes they have different motives why um 
those things happen. And like you said before, there were warning signs, um, but you, 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 you know, you overlooked them. And like we've all done in relationships, we see warning signs, but we overlook them because we believe that God is in the midst of it. And he can change. But one thing I've learned is that God will not force, force a person's will. And mm-hmm. the individual has to be willing to change. And if the individual is not willing to change, you can't force that. You can't enforce that. And so you have to do what is necessary to protect your physical health, your mental health, as well as your spiritual health. What do you think about that, Diana? You um, it sound like you've been through some of this. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I, I've known people that I personally haven't been through the... Um, physical abuse, but some relationships, I've been through relationships where uh, they make you feel bad, you know, if you leave them, you know, and if you, you know, because they try to make you feel like it's your fault, you know, or, you know, what else is it that you're doing? And and really, we have to understand, we, we each have to take accountability for ourselves because nobody is going to be perfect, but nobody should be constantly verbally threatening, threatening you. Nobody should never constantly be putting their hands on you. And then you make excuses for why you continue to stay in it because it only gets worse. And the individual that's do the abuser knows that it's getting worse and they'll continue to do it until you come to this realization um, by the power of the Holy Spirit that you, you know, God didn't want us to go through that. He didn't want us to mm-hmm. experience abuse like that, you know, because God is a God of love. And when you have the heart of God and when you love God, no, nothing will be perfect, but guess what? You know, they would hear the heart of God. And that's what I tell some of the young people, Diana, today in relationships, make sure you have a partner that doesn't just say they love God, doesn't just claim Christianity, but truly has actions that um, prove and show that they have hear God and love God, because if they hear God and love God, when God says, no, that's not right. They may not get it the first time, but when you love God, they'll get it the second time. And so I was listening to you when you were saying that it was 13 years and for just to kind of help the listeners out, um, if you could explain a little bit more, because what made you, was it that your, the, the counselors were trying to get you to stay longer? That's the only reason that you didn't leave for the 13 years? Was it some of the things that I was saying as well? And was there any other thing that it could have been? There was a lot of reasons why I didn't leave right away. Because on our honeymoon, uh, we we had a huge fight. I mean, the second day of our marriage, and it was it was horrible. And I realized that I had made a mistake right there and then, but Mm -hmm. I was a devout Christian and I wanted to keep my vows and I thought things were going to get better. I Mm -hmm. I was honestly thought they were going to get better. Maybe this is just how it is when you get married. It's a little bit rough in the beginning, but um, I stayed because the church says, you know, if you're going to be a missionary or pastor's wife, one, you got to go to school, which I did. And then two, as a woman, you have to be married. <laughs> there were very, no, I know a couple single gals that, that went overseas and they became missionaries. But for the majority, 99% of them, we, we got married. Mm-hmm. And so there was a lot of pressure, one, to get married and then you know, you're 19, 20 years old when this happens. Wow. You're in college. Yeah, yeah. And once you get married and you're you're stuck, mm-hmm. 
and you're you're trying to make things work mm -hmm. and um even when you start thinking about marriage like or ending the marriage it was probably seven years into it I you know I really wanted to get out but I realized I couldn't because one the church wouldn't let me get out they would mm -hmm. excommunicate me mm. I would lose everything I'd lose my ministry wow I would lose my home I had my dogs I had um a nice house I had two cars um made a pretty decent living I would have to start all over again by myself I would lose all my friends mm -hmm. and then I would have to deal with the shame of well I'm a Christian and I I failed at my marriage right right and all of those things went into why I didn't leave right away but it would get so bad that I just pretty much told God, I don't, I don't care what the church thinks. I don't care, mm -hmm. God, if, if you punish me, because I expected that I expected God to punish me. Isn't that <laughs> terrible? Yeah. I'm going to take the consequences, but I'm getting out because this is going to destroy me. if I don't get out of this place. Mm -hmm. And it was my, as I was saying in my summary, it was one of my, my uh, good friends that, brought me to my senses mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it was like you know a, a sack of bricks upside my head god's not gonna stop loving you he loves you no matter what. so right right to get out today now mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that's what i was gonna ask you how did you escape and that's good you had a, a friend that was able to um help you see and for those that are listening and i've done um episodes before um, and I always say you have to have that support system. Uh, if you can find one person, some people don't have that one person, but, you know, find a listening ear, you know, that someone that that is really doesn't have an ulterior motive, you know, and they're just looking at it objectively um, to be able to help you in that situation, because you don't need to be in an abusive situation. God does not want us to be in an abusive situation. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you had two cars, you had the houses, you had everything, but you just, you were just so fed up with it and realized I didn't have to take that. And so you ended up, ended up stepping in that journey of walking out. And so tell me what was the aftermath of that once you walked away? It was pretty scary. I, I did not have children with this man. I'm very thankful for that. But I knew that he wouldn't let me leave. And I had three friends that helped me mm -hmm. to secretly escape. My my husband was going out of town for two weeks um, back um, where his parents lived. And I decided to leave when he was out of town, get all my stuff and move out. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was a four month period of, of planning. Mm -hmm. And I was so terrified that he would find out I didn't sleep for months <laughs> and I lost my job Wow! two weeks before he was supposed to be put on the plane. And I almost lost hope of getting out. It's like, well, I can't leave if I don't have a job. And then my, my other friend, um, Julie, she, she said that I could live with her and her family until I get on my feet because mm -hmm. she said, if, if you don't leave now, you're not going to get another chance for a long time. He's just not going to let you leave because what abuse is ladies and gentlemen is it's control. It's them taking your choices away. Whoever your abuser is, it's not about hitting. 
And so I knew that he would not, he would not let me leave. Mm -hmm. So I left everything behind, including my two dogs. And when he found out that I had left, all of a sudden he wanted counseling. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I was against it, but um, our pastor we were working with at the time, uh, he asked as a favor to him to come to a counseling session. And yeah, when I arrived, he was upset that I left and he apologized and mm -hmm. he had the crocodile tears right. coming down. And, <laughs> but when we, you know, we talked about the issues in our marriage, it was the same song and dance. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, well, you fill in the blank. Well, you made me whatever. And I told him, I forgive you for what you did to me. I don't mean you any harm. Uh, I I just want out and I want to go and live my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm going through with the divorce because I know that the pastor was trying to make me stay. Mm -hmm. I'm going through with this divorce come a parting of the Red Sea miracle. So it was that day that I started the journey uh, towards healing in my new life. Now, it mm. was not easy. It was very hard. Like I thought it was going to, I lost everything. Mm -hmm. My friends chose sides, except the ones that I mentioned. I was ostracized from my church. I went through a bankruptcy. I went through unemployment for eight months. And uh, I started dating again, which <laughs> that's another subject altogether. I met too many men like my ex-husband. <laughs> um, stay away from those those dating apps, folks. Mm -hmm. uh, but, mm -hmm. but I held on to the promise that God had a plan for my life. And it, it took a long time, but I finally found a church that accepted me as I was. And I uh, started praying and reading my Bible again and so that was that was the way out. Uh, it, I wish I had done it sooner. Yeah, yeah. But you know, your story will help many um, people to get out sooner. Sometimes we go through things and we don't understand why we go through things. But in the long haul, the Bible says, and we know in Romans 8, 28 says, and we know all things work together for the good of them who love God and those that are called according to his purpose. And so some of you may be listening today and you're hearing Diana's story and you can find yourself in her story. It's never too late to get out of a relationship, you know, have that support system, have those that are there like she did to help. And one key thing that I thought was awesome that you said, Diana, was that you had planned this for four months. You didn't just go up to him and say, I'm leaving, you know, because, you, you know, I've seen, you know, I want to recommend shows, <laughs> you know, you don't do that because, <laughs> you know, that's the most high chance that you could get um, killed if you're in a physical abuse or they will constantly antagonize you to where you just give in and don't want to leave. Um, there are constant things, but it was smart when you really make up your mind. And that's what I tell a lot of young ladies. When you really get sick and tired of going through the abuse, then you'll make the process and the planning, but you never let the person know because they will do everything they can. And then even when you finally said it and it was done and you plan for four months, now we're going to go to counseling. Um, and to do everything just to get you to that point, right? So I encourage the listeners to be wise about having a plan and having a support system because that is the key to being able to take that first step to do it. If you can't do it by yourself, find that support system. And I'm praying for you that you would have that support system. So Diana, 
Describe some different types of abuse and how to recognize them before entering in a relationship with somebody. Well, that's, that is such a, an important question and information to know, because like we were mentioning before, people think of the, you know, the show Cops and the, you know, the black and blue marks and the, mm -hmm. and the beatings and the, you know, yeah, that, that is a type of an abuse. Uh, but there are so many that are behind the scenes that people don't see mm -hmm. emotional abuse, sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't just mean rape. Mm -hmm. It can mean uh, addiction to pornography. It can mean neglect. Now, in my case, in my marriage, my husband neglected me, did not want anything to do with sex or being intimate with me. That's again, uh, Mm -hmm. using sex as a weapon against you in any manner mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um it is financial abuse mm -hmm. if your abuser is keeping sources like work or money from you in any way like blocking your bank accounts or taking your credit cards or giving you an allowance or not letting you have a job calling you up and telling um, you know, getting you in trouble at work, that's financial abuse. Uh, your abuser taking your money and using it for drugs or or something illicit that you didn't want, that's mm -hmm. that's abuse. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. have um, other abuses, psychological abuse. We mentioned gaslighting and mm -hmm. um, narcissism. Gaslighting is pretty much when you know that you saw your husband with another woman. Oh, you were saying things wasn't with another woman. Wasn't right. Or mm -hmm. they're, they're trying to mess with your head to make you think that you didn't see what you saw. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, that's gaslighting. And there, there's lots of different examples of that. Mm -hmm. Narcissism's a, a whole other subject. Well, it's, it's it's pretty much that they don't have any feelings or empathy towards you. They're they're the ones in charge. They are the ones. Uh, their life is important. Your life is not. Mm -hmm. They look really good on the outside to the outside world. They're, you know, a great businessman. They are a a leader in the church. Everybody loves them. They got this great personality, and then behind the scenes. Like I said, they're a different person mm -hmm. and nobody believes you when you say, well, this person abused me. They don't believe you. Oh, what is so crazy? Do that. That's what the narcissist does is make you look like the bad guy and make him. And I say him, but there's definitely female abusers out there. Mm -hmm. uh, make, mm -hmm. make the abuser look good. So those are some of the, the different abuses and when you're dating it's really <laughs> it's really hard now I made a lot of mistakes dating after I came out of my divorce because I was I had this big hole yeah you know, I was neglected and of course had all these emotional needs and mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I was on those those dating websites immediately and that was a huge mistake I Mm -hmm. If I had a time machine, I would not have, I would not have done any of that. But um, 
one i would say you you have to you have to like yourself mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you have to know your own worth as a person you're not going to depend on another individual for your worth your worth is in christ if you're a believer out there i know not not everybody listening may may be a believer or religious person but you are a a creation of god and you have value as a person and if you have that up front a belief in your yourself as a value valuable person you won't fall for a lot of these tricks um I, I would say for for dating relationships and avoiding this this kind of a relationship is don't rush into these relationships. Mm -hmm. I, I got married to my abuser within six months. And don't succumb to the pressure of getting married either from your church mm -hmm. or your family. Mm -hmm. who want grandchildren mm -hmm. best friend that seems to think oh you're single and there's something wrong with you so you need to hurry right. up and get married mm -hmm. don't rush into it you need to check out this person that you're dating that means you don't get involved physically with somebody um i don't really believe in in um, a physical relationship before marriage but i know not mm -hmm. everybody listening has that view but wait a really long time before you get physically involved because once that happens you're you're emotionally bonded to that person mm -hmm. and you lose your you lose your uh sense of common sense and that sounds mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. sounds cruel but you can't make really good decisions about somebody's character when you you've already had sex mm-hmm because you become emotionally tied and, you know, I call them soul ties. You, you know, you just yeah. e emotionally tied to them and you don't make wise decisions because that mm -hmm. intimate part of you has connected with that person and you're making decisions off of emotions versus uh, the spiritual decisions um, and what the Holy Spirit is saying. And so sometimes the Holy Spirit can be nodded, nodding you and nudging you, but the flesh overrides the spirit you know and so it, it, yeah. it then you begin to make the decisions that are not healthy for you absolutely and one big thing that i would say is a red flag in your dating relationship if they're trying to control you i would i would back off control mm -hmm. you in any way control how you dress control where you work mm -hmm. control who you hang out with control oh i don't want you being with your family trying to control your money, mm -hmm. uh, being very uh, controlling of your time. They want to be with you all the time. Um, mm -hmm. Those are huge red flags that this person is an abuser. And mm -hmm. again, I would not get real close with somebody until I, I knew them. If uh, and now I'm remarried and, and to a, a wonderful man. And if I was on the dating scene again, now I would not let um, I would not let the person I was dating know where I lived or mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or be alone <laughs> with that person where there can be some advantages taken of. Um, I would meet in a public place or meet mm -hmm. with other friends, but I wouldn't mm -hmm. I wouldn't be sitting alone with somebody I did not know really well. 
That's so good, Diana, because, you know, I have people and I do that and people like you do what? I was like, no, they don't know where I live. The person that I date, they do not know where I live. We meet up somewhere, you know, because if it doesn't work or they're, you know, a stalker or, you know, anything, they can come out my house. They know where I am. So I I had a stalker. Yeah. I had a stalker in my my dating after uh, after (laughs) my uh, divorce and it was horrible. Yeah. And they'll just, you know, and they'll, they'll, they'll know where you are. I did that one time and I learned from there, you know, until the Lord sends me that individual and I know that we're engaged to be married, they just won't know where I live with the help of the Lord, because this individual, he did stalk, sent horrible Mm -hmm. letters after we broke up. And I remember at the time I had to get the police involved. Uh, mm-hmm. because you know of that and so I had said to myself you will not with the help of the Lord you will not know where I live and I think that's very important because you you, you have to earn each other's right to be in their space to a certain extent mm-hmm. and so it's important to get to know each other and you can do it you know in a public place and it's just for safety purposes so I'm glad you brought that mm-hmm. out because that's one of the things in dating you know a lot of times we just oh we're gonna meet at my house your house no I'm not comfortable enough to know you like that and we have mm-hmm. to protect our spirit and one thing that you were saying as well that I thought was really good and I want to encourage the listeners you know pray and ask for discernment as well and don't don't avoid that inner knowing some some people call it your subconscious some people call it intuition you know some people call it the holy spirit mm-hmm. when when you have that nudge and it's just like something you can't put your finger on don't ignore it because that's the lord giving you inclinations and signs that there's something there and you pray to reveal it you know i was almost married twice and um each time i would pray and say lord you know, if this is not your will, and I would see little signs in in this particular relationship, and you know, and I kind of overlooked it and overlooked it, but then eventually the Lord allowed me. And it was like two weeks before my wedding, and I didn't ended up getting married. Um, and the first individual, they gave me a ma- a wedding ring. I think I shared this one time before. But they gave me a wedding ring like the first day of our date that was just a big red flag to me. You don't even know oh, me. Yeah. You're giving me a wedding ring and you don't mm-hmm. even know me. I just want you to know that I'm serious. Well, no, that just pushes me away because, you know, who does that on the first date? And just other little signs of things. And so you have to be very careful of, like you said, in the dating arena, because everybody's not the same anymore. So you have to use discernment and you have to use wisdom Um, And you have to do the things that Diana was talking about earlier, because all of those things matter and you can save a lot of time and heartache as well. Oh, you said so many great things. There's this book that's one of the best books that I have ever read on that subject of trusting your gut and your instinct. It's called The Gift of Fear. And Mm -hmm. the author is Gavin DeBecker. And he talks about that, that feeling. Um, One of the examples in the book is you know, a gal is going into her apartment complex with her groceries and she's going up the stairs and it's like a dark stairwell. And then all of a sudden there's a guy at the bottom of the stairs and he's offering to help take her groceries into the house. And she says, no, I'm fine. And he keeps insisting. And, and what happened is she caved in because she wanted to be polite and and he wound up pushing himself into the apartment and, and raping her. And mm. But she had that feeling that oh, something isn't right here. Why is he hiding in the dark? Oh, I'm, you know, I'm 
maybe I'm just crazy and being untrusting or silly and and I don't want to be impolite. You got to trust your instincts about people that God mm-hmm. gave you those. Mm-hmm. So I, I recommend that book. Yeah, it's a little paperback. It's um, it's excellent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, well, before we um, let you pray for the listeners, Diana, I want to encourage you listeners and in, in something she said earlier. And I, and I think you could agree with me with this, that you you can't be afraid to say it didn't work. Because who are we really trying to prove ourselves to? And I think a lot of people, the reason why they don't get out of relationships, like you said in the beginning, is because we don't want to appear that it failed or that it didn't work. And so we stay and try to make it work, make it work, make it work. And it's, it's not coming together like you desire. And if you don't have that unction from the Lord to say to stay, and it's just getting worse and worse, what you have to reevaluate and say, why am I really in this relationship? You know, because it's supposed to be the both of us. And if it's not healthy, then I need to do what it needs to take in order to get healthy um, and to take care of my emotional health, my spiritual health and my physical health. And so don't be afraid to say it didn't work, you know, because Mm -hmm. you have to live with those decisions where other people make you may think you should, they're not having to suffer and go through what you're having to go through. And so those that truly love you and understand you, um, you say it don't work. Okay, well, hey, we're with you. We'll stand and support you, you know, because we all make mistakes. We're not perfect. But the key is to understand that when it's broken and it can't be fixed, then it's time to move on um, and allow the Lord to do the healing. Do you agree with that, Diane? 100%. Yeah, and it all goes back to, again, finding the value in yourself. Many of the uh, survivors that I uh, that I have in my my group, my healing group, they don't think that they deserve to have a good life, and mm-hmm. they don't think they deserve to be respected and treated with love and kindness. They think they deserve to be abused. That isn't true. Mm-hmm. You you look at you look at Jesus, the real Jesus in the Bible in the New mm-hmm. Testament how he treated women, how he treated the outcasts of society that day. He treated those women with respect and love and caring. Mm -hmm. That's how a man should treat you. And if you are married and in a relationship, we're not saying that, okay, maybe let's say he's on, uh, he's an alcoholic or he's on drugs. I'm not saying don't take him to rehab. I'm not saying don't get that marriage counseling because there are some that mm-hmm. that they really want to save their marriage um and they will work on it mm-hmm. not not a lot of them but i you know i gave my abuser three chances mm-hmm. uh, i'm not saying to do the very best to save your marriage but like like tiffany you were saying that's that's one of the reasons why I didn't leave because I did not want to be a failure mm-hmm. in my marriage. Don't put, don't sacrifice your health and your, your spiritual life, mm-hmm. your relationship with God on the altar of marriage. Sometimes the churches, they put marriage on an altar mm-hmm. and ignore the relationship the persons involved in the marriage mm-hmm. we live in a fallen world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this is a sinful fallen world with sinful human beings and 
yes, with God's help, we can overcome those those sinful tendencies, but it is not a sin to get a divorce. That took a long time for me to realize. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe the acts leading up to the divorce were a sin mm -hmm. against you. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking in the Bible for the truth, uh, the, the church will like, like you to think that divorce is a sin. It is not. Mm -hmm. There are... Moses, the law of Moses allowed for divorce. Mm -hmm. And in the Bible, when Jesus is talking about divorce, he's talking to the men mm -hmm. because women had no rights in that day. Mm -hmm. Women were not allowed to divorce their husbands, but the husbands could divorce their wives for a burning dinner. Mm -hmm. So when they're talking about divorce in the Bible, they're talking to the men mm -hmm. and they're not talking about abusive men. Uh, they're not talking about abusive <laughs> men who are um, doing not what they're supposed to. Right. Um, right. Mm -hmm. Women uh, women weren't allowed to divorce their husbands, so they were victims. So when people try and take take the the Bible out of context, look look in the scriptures yourself. God divorced Israel, mm -hmm. and and you know in scripture it shows that God is going to restore Israel. But right now, um, that's only uh, a pause button. Mm -hmm. So don't don't be afraid to put yourself first. Of course, as women, we're like we put ourselves last. Mm -hmm. We take mm -hmm. care of our kids, Everybody. we take care of our husband <laughs> and our grandma and our coworkers mm -hmm. and our girlfriends, and we don't we don't take care of ourselves at all. Mm -hmm. That's so true. That is so true. So listeners, make sure that you um, hear what Diana says. And God loves you. Uh, he does not hate you. Um, he's not disappointed with you. I heard someone tell me one time before, they said, you're harder on yourself than God is. And I think and a lot of us, those that are listening, a lot of times we're harder on ourselves um, than God is. And we punish ourselves for stuff that God has already forgiven us for and let go. And so we need to be able to forgive ourselves and say, okay, I made a mistake, forgive ourselves and say, well, you know, I didn't, even, I was not even aware, um, forgive the person that, you know, did this to you and release yourself in God and be a healed in that area. You know, when I had, um, went through sexual abuse and different things, and I wrote about it, you know, I had to forgive and I couldn't do that at first until the Lord really healed my heart. And it was a process. And I thought I was healed at one time and didn't even realize it. And I remember I was in a service and all of a sudden I just started crying and realized that that was still there. And I asked the Lord to take that hurt away from me. And so when I saw one of my abusers again, I didn't have that shame when I saw him. I, you know, I had the love of God for them and I truly knew that I was free and healed. And so you have to allow those that um, have hurt you to you release them in the hands of the Lord. That doesn't mean you continue to allow them to abuse you, but you do release them and, and, and forgive them and allow healing to happen for you. And so, Diana, would you pray for the listeners today that may um, have experienced abuse or may be in an abusive relationship, whether physically, emotional or sexual abuse that they're experiencing right now? Would you pray for those listeners right now? Absolutely. Father God, 
we thank you for for, for Tiffany and for yes. the listeners today. And I pray that they would reach out and get some help if they have been abused and have identified with some of the things that we've been saying today. Know that we know that you, Father, love each of us and want the best for us. You have a plan for us. And you are there in the midst of our trials, in the midst of our abuse, and you are crying and weeping too. Father, please be with uh, the listeners, whether they're male or female. Yes, Lord. Give them the strength to to get out, to take that first step to leave yes. or get some help. And, and, and Father, please give them the the assurance that you love them, that you that you care for them, and that they are a child of God, worthy of respect and love. And we thank you for uh, again for Tiffany and, and her ministry, and thank you for your son dying on the cross for us. And we love you, and thank you so much in Jesus' name, Amen. 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 And Diana, could you tell the listeners how they could get in touch with you? Yes. Uh, everything that you need to know about me, you can find on my website, which is dswministries.org. I have my music on there that I record. I have my um, blog and my podcast, The Winds of the Faithful. I have a YouTube channel. Um I have information about my many the soul healing groups that are free, by the way. Uh, if you need to um, join a group, I can mm-hmm. get you connected with that. And I mentor those that are trying to get out of abusive relationships, walk you through that process. So uh, my email is diana at dswministries.org. You can email me if I can help you in any way I'd be glad to if if I don't know the answer or I don't have those resources I will find them for you awesome and again like she said those some of those those sessions are free which particular part did you say was free Diana mending the soul is a uh, healing group it's 16 weeks long Mm -hmm. and it's where you go through a curriculum designed by a trauma counselor and a theology and ethics professor and the curriculum uh, goes through every kind of abuse and what is an abuser and how to have boundaries how to process your abuse and your trauma um, avoid those kind of people in the future Uh, it's also a place where you can tell your story for the first time from start to finish Mm -hmm. and you're in a group of people that have gone through the same thing as you have Mm-hmm. and you get support right. and you realize that you're not alone. And so um, those groups are all over the world. You can attend a group in your area or on Zoom. So I can connect you with one of those groups. The groups are free. Uh, they are for men and women and separate groups. Um, so you can also go on to mendingthesoul.org for more information on that if you want to look into that by yourself. That's a mm-hmm. good question. Yes, good, good, good. And that's great resources. And remember, listen, as we were talking about earlier about getting support. You may not have any support, 
But what Diana is giving you today is support. And sometimes it's good to have support that is not close to home because, you know, um, you may be more comfortable. So uh, check Diana out and go there. And if you know somebody that's going through or experiencing something, then you can contact her that way and she can help you to help them get resources as well. So thank you again, Diana, for being a part of the show today. It has been an awesome experience just to be able to hear your story. Thank you so much for sharing your story because um, I believe sharing our story, it brings healing and deliverance to many people when we do that. And I, I just could pray and continue to pray that the Lord continues to bless your ministry. Uh, that he continues to extend you worldwide and that the Lord's hands will continue to be with you. And listeners, I've listened to her song. She has such a beautiful voice, just a voice of healing. Aww. And so for those that um, hear her singing, I just believe that there's an oil of healing even upon her words as she sings to the people. So I encourage you to go over and check her out. So thank you again, Diane, for being a part today. Thanks for having me, <laughs> Tiffany. It was yeah. great. And listeners, until next time, you have a wonderfully blessed day. God bless. Thank you for listening to Tasty Tidbits with Dr. Tiffany Watkins. If you're enjoying the show, feel free to subscribe, rate, and share with your friends. To learn more about Dr. Tiffany, check out her blog on goodreads.com or visit her website at www.renewedfaithministriesinc.com. Until next time, stay blessed.